WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Monday, December 18th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Morning showers, some high winds, then clouds this afternoon. The high 61. We're going to get into that weather. It's the big story of the morning in just a moment. Then tonight, in overnight, it uh, cools down, clear, low 38. And then it's more like December weather for Tuesday. Sun and clouds, high 43. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 58 and raining in Great Neck out on Long Island. 57 and raining in Lebanon down in New Jersey. And it is 59 and raining pretty hard here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning. I went from the garage to here at about uh, 2.45 this morning. And it's about an entire block. (laughs) Just one block. And I was completely soaked. And you might say, well, you dope. You knew it was going to be raining, and you'd be right. I did know it was going to be raining. But I woke up this morning and walked downstairs to look for an umbrella where the umbrellas normally are at the bottom of the stairs, and there were none. And I thought for a moment of walking back up the stairs and waking up my wife to ask her where the umbrellas might be. But then I said to myself, that might be the end of the marriage uh, if I woke her up to ask her where umbrellas were at 2 in the morning. So I said, well, I'll just be wet, and I am. So uh, you no doubt heard the rain overnight. It was bad. Um, it was almost as last week. We were doing this last week. Remember the exact same time, uh, Sunday night into Monday. It was bad. But this was worse, and it has been. And definitely we're seeing flooding in places. This predicted rainfall of two to four inches, depending on where you are. It happened, and it is still raining pretty hard out there. Uh, the storm coming through. Uh, yesterday, we were warned about this from New York uh, City's Emergency Management Department. They held a press conference, and they said, hey, get ready. This could be bad, and from what we've seen overnight... It has been. We're expecting two to three inches across the city, 25 to 35 sustained at their peaks and then gusts 50 to 60. The third hazard that we are tracking is some coastal flooding around high tides, The uh, mostly in Jamaica Bay, so Rockaway, Hamilton Beach, Howard Beach, and yep. Broad Channel. In fact, in Howard Beach, homeowners were putting out sandbags last night. Uh, we watched on as a lot of them took their cars, put them on higher ground because they've seen this before. And they know what happens at high tide. The floodwaters come in, and that could be the case today with all this rain. We don't mess around. We'll do anything we can to try and protect the house. Fear, worry, anxiousness. Just figuring out how we got to set up for the next storm and what time the high tides are coming and following Facebook and and the schedules and calling the neighbors. Yeah, they've gotten used to that in Howard Beach. Uh, this construction worker who was working the overnight says uh, he had someone drop him off in Howard Beach because he's done this drill before. I couldn't drive to work. I had to get dropped off by my wife because this area floods terribly and we already lost the car a few years ago. 
I can tell you, as I drove out this morning, I go through Jersey City and then a small part of Hoboken, and the streets were already flooded in Hoboken. Don't know how bad it is at this hour, but I could see the water was ponding already. This area is really known to get flooded often, so even my basement floods. I'm from Hudson County. Yeah, so uh, they're watching it there. We're watching it here in the city. Uh, we'll get some word in just a moment from Joe about what it's doing around the streets. Um, so far, no word of incredible flooding in the subways, but I have to think we'll see some of that because it was coming down ferocious last night. Uh, in Newark, uh, drivers say that uh, they were watching to see where the water was starting to gather. This was early this morning. I've seen over the past couple of years sometimes where if there's a lot of water, especially under underpasses, like you'll see a lot of cars just stopped. If I ever see a car stopped with the hazards on, I slow down tremendously. So the city of Newark issuing a rain advisory. Everybody has this advisory out. Theirs is until 11 a.m. this morning. When we look at the weather map, it is going to rain through the morning. And then it's just going to uh, drop the temperature over the next couple hours to, you know, winter-like weather. Uh, it will start, though, warm. It's already warm. We're going to hit 61, but by tonight, it'll be in the 30s. So uh, we're going to get a little bit of everything today. Uh, out on Long Island, of course, they always watch this real closely with uh, bodies of water surrounding the island, uh, prompting uh, Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman. He held a press conference yesterday warning people that um, you should have all hands on deck, everything ready to go, and um, to be careful this morning because the wind, which was pretty heavy overnight, likely will knock out some uh, power lines. Be careful as you get out of your house and walk to your car. I, I saw that there was just trash cans strewn everywhere. At one point, I had to stop, pull over, move the trash cans so I could keep on driving. No doubt that'll be the same story for so many across the tri-state this morning. Use common sense. There may be power outages. If there are, make sure that you have a flashlight. If there are any down wires, stay away from them. Call 911. If power goes out and you still have your phone, call PSENG. Yes, so we're looking at the outage map at this hour, and there are definitely some outages. Nothing major so far. But we're seeing some outages across the tri-state. Uh, the airports are uh, getting hit as well. Not incredible delays, but there were some 27 cancellations. This was as of um, midnight last night. And I'm looking at the map as we speak. There are some this morning. There's definitely a lot of delays. So uh, if you're waiting for somebody at the airport, if you're heading out yourself, for sure you want to check before you leave. I have a friend flying in tonight on a red eye. I'm telling her good luck to get back to our house in the morning. Yeah, that's nice of them. Uh, cruise. Uh, remain at the ready. Those utility crews of the power does go out. We spoke with a meteorologist from the National Weather Service give a sense of what it might be like today, what to look for. So right now we have a high we have high wind warnings for uh, parts of Long Island and Queens and Brooklyn. So whenever we we say high wind warning, we are talking about damaging winds that could blow down trees and power lines, which could cause um, you know, significant or widespread power outages. So that is going to be an issue uh, for many. And even if you're not on parts of Long Island or uh, even eastern Connecticut, you know, areas of the, in the city, north of the city or west of the city are still under a wind advisory. So we still are expecting some stronger winds. Um, so power outage is certainly a concern. Yeah, so the word of the day, it is a mess out there. Leave yourself a lot of time to get where you're. WABC News Time 510, of course, we'll watch that flooding, watch the streets as the morning goes on. Lots of other news taking place. A car 
barreled into a parked SUV that was protecting President Biden's motorcade last night as the commander in chief was leaving his campaign headquarters in Delaware. Biden was walking from the campaign office to his armored SUV when a silver sedan with Delaware plates crashed into a Secret Service vehicle that was used to close off the intersection near the headquarters. This was during the president's departure. Here's a little bit of what it sounded like last night. Mr. President, why are you losing to Trump in the polls? Yes, there was a reporter there yelling out a question. You can't really hear his answer, but you'll hear the accident in a moment. And then just panic ensues as this car crashes into the lead car. You hear people screaming to just get out of the way. The sedan, which uh, sustained bumper damage, then tried to drive into a closed-off intersection before Secret Service agents just swarmed this vehicle. Weapons pulled, forced this driver to surrender. Biden was uh, taken into his car, where his wife, uh, Jill, was already waiting before they were quickly driven out of the area. A lot of screaming. So the 81-year-old Democrat, his wife, are safe. The Secret Service says there was no protective interest, that's what they call it, tied to the incident, which means the crash was not intentional and the driver unlikely aware that Biden was there. A trooper and a 77-year-old woman ended up with minor injuries. That driver taken into custody, but they say it was just some sort of strange accident that this guy did not know where he was. I'm sure more details. Secret Service will release some of that. Local police in Delaware as the day wears on. 5-12-1- House Democrat says she does not expect President Biden to be impeached due to what she says is the lack of evidence. In order to have the House pass impeachment, you got to have facts. Michigan Congresswoman Deborah uh, Dingle there says many House Republicans have stated both privately and publicly that there aren't any facts to prove any wrongdoing by the president. I've talked to numerous Republicans who have quietly said there's no there there. They can't find anything. It will be much harder to get the number they will require to have an impeachment if they don't find something. Well, a lot of Republicans would push back against that, saying there is evidence and they will show this as time goes on. That is that inquiry into the impeachment begins while we're in Washington. A Texas congressman says the Senate and the White House will have to sweeten the current border security deal to get an aid package for Ukraine in Israel through the House. The root of the issue is labeling cartels as terrorist organizations. And the other piece is holding these smugglers accountable that cause damage and kill Americans. That's Congressman Tony Gonzalez acknowledged what the Senate and White House want is much different from what the House wants. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has been spending the weekend meeting with a bipartisan group of three senators over border security. Not clear what was accomplished there. Part of that is coming to the realization that there's going to have to be some different things in there. If the White House is serious about this, they shouldn't be sending Secretary Mayorkas to the negotiating table. Yes, so uh, Gonzalez there criticizing the White House for not having President Biden or Vice President Harris meet with these senators. While that was taking place, South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham says he believes this border security deal won't happen until after the first of the year. We feel like we're being jammed. We're not anywhere close to a deal. It'll go into next year.
Yeah, so the Republican senator, a staunch supporter of providing aid to Ukraine and Israel, but he says um, there's got to be more to this deal. The policy choices that the Biden administration has made the border a dangerous place to come to. America's under threat, according to the FBI. Yeah, and then you have one a Democratic senator comparing the flow of migrants to the U.S. to a sold-out concert. We are over capacity right now. And we have to control this. That's Joe Manchin, the Democrat out of West Virginia, who's going to retire at the end of this term. He says it's become dangerous to let more people enter the country. He defined dangerous as only being able to screen a small percentage of those who've been crossing the border every day. So he says, hey, we don't know everybody who's making it here, who they are and what they're up to. We're letting people come in and not adjudicate them and through the parole system and also basically just not having the means to basically go through why you came, how you came, the purpose of your coming, this and that. Ten and 12,000 people coming a day, and you're only able to basically really adjudicate maybe 500, you're overrun. And, of course, we've been overrun here in the city. More than 130,000 migrants have been bussed here from the U.S.-Mexico border over the last year. In a moment, we'll get to what's going on in Israel, some of the hostage families speaking out there. But first, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Monday. Good morning, Justin Ellis. Happy Monday. Good morning to you as well, Noam Aladin. We'll start on the gridiron with Week 15 NFL football action from yesterday. In uh, NOLA, the Saints largely stifled and battered quarterback Tommy DeVito in a 24-6 victory over the New York Giants. Saints defensive players were the ones making Italian-style hand gestures after a season-high seven sacks on DeVito, who finished 20-34 of 34 for 177 yards in the loss. The Giants, now 5-9, and nine, are guaranteed a losing record and will enter their final three games with only a slight chance of sneaking into the postseason as the last NFC wildcard team. In Miami, the Jets got dominated and shut out by the Dolphins. Wait, there's still a chance they could get in? Yeah, very small, oh. very, very slim. Like everybody else has to lose. Yeah, a lot of different things have to happen. Hmm. I mean, uh, you know, if you if you really want to, could do some research. We could li- we could just rattle them all off. But uh, yeah, if you I mean, do that, yeah, 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 sure, yeah. <laughs> no. With everything else, you have to do exactly, this Go ahead, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the Giants are five and nine now, so very, very slim chance that they do squeak in Miami. Uh, in Miami, I should say, the Jets got dominated and shut out by the Dolphins. Final score, 30 to nothing. Miami needed to respond after their collapse last Monday against the Titans. And they did just that, blowing out New York for the second time in just over three weeks. A week after Zach Wilson threw for over 300 yards against Houston, the Jets' third-year quarterback's day was cut short when he left late in the second quarter with a concussion. The Jets are 5-9 and nine as well now. Uh, he had, they had just 103 total yards of offense, and they were shut out for the first time since losing 26 to nothing at Denver in Week 3 of the 2021 season. The loss, combined with wins by Houston and Cleveland, does eliminate the Jets from playoff contention for the 13th straight season. Week 15 action rounds out tonight with the Philadelphia Eagles in Seattle to meet the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Kickoff in Seattle is set for 8.15 p.m., and the Eagles head in as three-point favorites. Over to the ice in Newark, where the Devils got manhandled by the Anaheim Ducks, losing by a score of 5-1. to Michael McLeod scored the lone goal for New Jersey, who before the loss had won two straight and five of six. And in the NBA, no local action from yesterday, but the Knicks and Nets will both be back at, uh, out there tonight. The Knicks will be in L.A. for a 10.30 p.m. tip-off with the Lakers, and the Nets will uh, get going a bit earlier at 9 p.m. against the Jazz in Utah. 
That's Sports No, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 519. Let's go out to the Middle East where it continues to be a mess. Israeli forces over the weekend apologizing for mistakenly killing three Israeli hostages held by Hamas. Families of the others still being held by the militant group calling on Israel to restart the negotiations to free their loved ones. We cannot handle with more death. We want them now here. Correspondent Richard Engel has been in Tel Aviv for much of this war. Reports one of the now dead hostages was a 28-year-old who was kidnapped from a kibbutz. Israel announced that Haim, along with two other Israeli hostages, 25-year-old Samer Al-Talaka and 26-year-old Alon Shemriz, were killed when Israeli troops mistook them for Hamas fighters and shot them. Alex uh, Trayman, our buddy at JNS.org, our correspondent in Jerusalem, who's done an amazing job covering this war, giving us some more details on these hostages. The three had escaped their Hamas captors. They were spotted by Israeli forces leaving a building in northern Gaza. Other soldiers uh, who located three, they were shirtless. Uh, One of them was waving a white flag. And then for some reason, one soldier, this is according to Alex's uh, reporting, acting against protocol, opened fire, hitting uh, two of the hostages. The third fled into a building. When he came out, he was shot and killed. Upon realizing the three may have been hostages, their bodies were sent back to Israel for identification. Just a horrendous story. Uh, one Senate Democrat, meanwhile, says Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is undermining a vision of peace. Prime Minister Netanyahu has been an exceptionally difficult partner. Delaware Senator Chris Coons says President Biden, most of Congress, want a two-state solution with Israel and an independent Palestinian nation. Coons agrees with the U.S. standing strong with Israel after the October 7th attack. So, however, he wants more humanitarian aid to get into Gaza. President now. Biden did the right thing right after the shattering, the horrific attack by Hamas to go to Israel. Prime Minister Netanyahu has done everything he can to undermine a positive vision for peace for Israel. Meanwhile, lawmakers in D.C. say the investigation into anti-Semitism on colleges campus, uh, college campuses rather, is far from over today. On Friday, House Education Committee Chair Virginia Fox said they're continuing to investigate claims of rising anti-Semitism at Harvard, UPenn and MIT. She also said there will be investigations into other colleges as well, naming Columbia and Cornell. Her comments come a week after the presidents of Harvard, UPenn, and MIT testified before the House in a controversial hearing that led to the resignation of UPenn's president. I'm Jim Forbes. WABC News Time 522. Let's go out to the White House campaign trail. Barack Obama. Concerned that President Biden won't be able to stop Donald Trump from returning to the White House in 2024. This, according to a report in the Wall Street Journal, uh, apparently Obama says he knows this race is going to be close and feels that Democrats could very well uh, lose the contest. This with sources familiar with this Obama story connected to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, David Axelrod, of course, he was Obama's former top political advisor, credited with helping to uh, help him win back in 2008. 
eight has been very public about the fact that he thinks Biden can lose. We have those mix of polls that show the 81 year old Biden down nationally and in battleground states. But some Democratic strategists in this Wall Street Journal report have downplayed the flood of negative polling, arguing that Trump, who is the runaway front runner for the Republican nomination, hasn't been scrutinized as much lately. And they say when that happens, his numbers will go down. Meanwhile, former President Trump was uh, making the rounds on the campaign trail in Iowa. And then yesterday he was in Nevada comparing himself to mob boss Al Capone. Now, I heard he was indicted once. A couple of people told me a few times more. But I was indicted four times and Al Capone, Alphonse. Yeah, so he says um, if you had dinner with Capone, uh, Capone and he didn't like something about you, he would kill you. Yet only he got indicted once while Trump did four times. Um, and he says that's BS. Then you had GOP presidential hopeful Nikki Haley calls herself and New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu a team. Not sure what that's all about. But um, she was um, talking about Donald Trump and her campaign, which she thinks is soaring right now. We love the idea that he was going to drain the swamp. That was an amazing opportunity. Didn't even try. I mean, literally didn't even try. That's Sununu, the two together yesterday out on the campaign trail. He talks about those issues. He has to kind of own those failures. So he's always going to talk about retribution and just kind of try to spur something up. Nikki Haley, though, does acknowledge that she had a good working relationship with former President Trump when she served as U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. I agree with a lot of Trump's policies. I think he was the right president at the right time. But Haley says it would be a disaster if Trump gets back to the White House. Our country's in disarray. The world is on fire and chaos follows him. And we can't have a country in chaos for four more years or we won't survive it. Chris Christie, you remember him? He's still in the race for the White House. Uh, he then went on the attack against Nikki Haley for saying nice things about Donald Trump. Nikki Haley should be ashamed of herself. And she's part of the problem. She's enabling him by saying to people, it's okay. Christie also ripping into Republicans in D.C. and Congress, who he accuses of endorsing Trump just for their own political lives. Someone who says that immigrants are poisoning the blood of this country, someone who says Vladimir Putin is a character witness, is fit to be president of the United States. Members of Congress who just sit there and can quietly nod their head when he says all these things because all they care about is their own political future. 526, um, maybe you've noticed a lot of people sick around you uh, here at the station. Yeah, colds going around. I don't think it's COVID, but the CDC warning health care providers about an urgent need to ramp up flu, COVID and RSV vaccines now. The agency said in an alert Thursday, low vaccination rates and an uptick in respiratory disease activity across the U.S. could lead to a strain on health care capacity. The CDC estimates about 42 percent of children have their flu shot. And for adults, that number is about 41 percent. I'm Lisa Taylor. It's now been 250 years since the Boston Tea Party took place in Boston. It's raid on three British ships in Boston Harbor. American colonists, of course, fed up with Britain's taxation of tea in the colonies. They dump more than 300 chests full of tea overboard off the Brig Beaver. They reenacted this yesterday over the weekend in Boston on what is a ship that sits there that's a replica 
of the original. After the destruction of the tea, this kernel of an idea of independence began to percolate in the hearts and minds of the people. That's what the Boston Tea Party did. Yeah, uh, I have to be honest with you. I actually worked there at the Boston Tea Party and ship when I was in college for four years as a tour guide. So ask me any question about the Boston Tea Party, and I probably have the answer. And if I don't, like I did back in those days, I would just make it up. All right, the opening bell, it rings this morning after Wall Street wrapped up a strong week on a mostly higher note. At Friday's closing bell, the Dow gained 57 points. S&P 500 lost a half a point. The Nasdaq rose 52 points. Coming up in the business week ahead, the first notable economic report, it comes down today with the Home Builder Confidence Index. Housing starts and building permits follow on Tuesday with existing home sales on Wednesday. And then the weekly jobless numbers, they're due on Thursday. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Monday, December 18th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Morning showers, some high winds, then some clouds this afternoon. Now, the high 61. But by the end of the day, we're going to be into the 30s. So tonight and overnight, it cools down big time, low 38. And then Tuesday, it's more winter or, well, we're almost at winter, more uh, December-like temperatures anyway. Sun and clouds, high 43. If you're walking out the door with us right now, it is 58 and raining in Great Neck out on Long Island. It's 57 and raining in Lebanon down in New Jersey. And it is 60 and some really heavy rain here in Midtown. That is the story of the morning. In just a few moments, we'll check in with Joe Nolan. But it is a mess out there. So no doubt you heard the rain pounding hard against your window, the winds overnight. And it was as bad as predicted, three to four inches of rain, probably before the storm moves out later this morning. But the key is, if you're just getting up and maybe thinking about heading out to work because you have to, leave yourself a lot of time. There's just trash cans spewed everywhere. There are accidents everywhere. There are lines down everywhere. So give yourself a whole lot of time to get where you're going this morning. We'll start this half hour with uh, Mayor Adams, who has been doing the rounds of all the different news networks uh, across New York City, trying to do anything to bolster his numbers and convince New Yorkers that he can turn around what has turned into a mess of a mayoralty so far, and the migrant crisis being maybe the biggest thing on his plate. Those latest numbers had his approval rating at just 28%, the lowest numbers in that poll that they've ever seen since they started doing the survey back in the 1990s. Uh, Mayor Adams here was on WPIX yesterday talking about those poll numbers, and he said he knew they were coming. Well, I could tell you, I could have told you that before a poll came out, because I'm in the streets, New Yorkers are angry. They're angry. At you or the situation? They're angry at the just the totality of where they see this situa- situation has brought us. And, you know, beginning of the year and even into the year, they thought this was Eric Adams uh, just opening our city up, not looking at the impact of what this crisis. And we had to do a real job of explaining to everyday New Yorkers that the federal government has abandoned uh, this important issue. That's a national issue. So they're angry. And 
it's going to come out. I'm the mayor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? and, and so you're going to point towards the mayor. Yeah, really, for the first time in a long time, since he's, uh, this migrant issue has become a huge issue here in New York, he was saying the federal government, he still doesn't blame the White House. So how is he going to fix it? Or is it too late for him? He says it's not. Working hard. Uh, you know, any uh, mayor would tell you that go through a period where your approval numbers are down. Uh, what do you do? You continue to work hard, produce the product. Before becoming mayor, I spoke with some of the, you know, some mayors across the country and said, what do you do when you're in a slump? What do you do when you're doing great? And they constantly say, work hard, produce mm-hmm. your product. And that's what I'm going to do. And the mayor warning over the weekend that those budget cuts, the 5% ones, Uh, There'll be more of them in the new year and maybe more severe. And yesterday, Sunday, was the last day of Sunday services at more than 20 libraries uh, across the city. Now, you might say that's not the biggest part of these budget cuts. Maybe that would lie with the NYPD, the FDNY, the sanitation department, the school system. But for people who love going to the library on Sunday, apparently for a lot of people, it's like kind of a tradition. It is a big deal. Studying at the library has actually improved my grades, and I'm not alone. It would be a shame to reverse course at this point and to have the libraries do less of what New Yorkers need. It makes me devastated to hear that they're cutting back uh, the Sunday schedule. I come here religiously every Sunday. Uh, I come here to study. I come here for quiet time. So some of the libraries will stay open on Sunday, but a lot of them will no longer be. The cuts also to the library and system include a reduction of spending in materials, programming, building maintenance, and repairs. So it's a big deal for them. Over the weekend, we found out more details about that Bronx apartment building. Remember the one with the partial collapse last week that uh, sent uh, more than 100 people out of their homes? They haven't been able to go back home. It's not clear why. Well, a city engineer who was sent in there to do an inspection apparently deemed a structural column that was holding up the building as decorative. So when construction crews went in there to do some fixes last week, They thought they could move this column, and that's likely what led to the collapse, which is outrageous. I mean, that's a huge mistake. The fact that a licensed engineer would misdiagnose a structural column as decorative is a staggering act of incompetence for which he should be held accountable. Well, so far he's been suspended. That's Bronx Congressman Richie Torres, by the way. City investigators actually recovered video showing workers on the day of the collapse removing bricks from around that support column because it had been labeled decorative. Uh, just stupidity, you know? It, it continues to be a mess, as Joe says. Um, in fact, we are getting word from Newark police and firefighters that there are a number of water rescues underway in Newark at this hour. Um, uh, some stalled cars are, um, are in the water near Meeker Avenue and Elizabeth Avenue. And uh, what's happening is, and we see this all the time when this flooding takes place, is people think they can go through these uh, high levels of water and then they don't make it and then they're trapped in what's rising water. And that's what's happening here. Meeker Avenue and Elizabeth Avenue in Newark. Drivers one by one are being pulled to safety by the FDNY. Of course, we'll cover this story and the rest of the flooding as the morning wears on. 541. Anti-Semitic property crimes have soared in the city 
since the October 7th massacre in Israel. There were 135 anti-Jewish property crime complaints from October 7th through December 10th across the five boroughs. That's up 73% from the same period last year. The crimes include, the NYPD tells us, menorahs being desecrated and Jewish-owned stores being tagged with graffiti. Uh, Yesterday... But did you try to come into the city by any chance over the weekend to see the Christmas tree? Um, the cities are just the city's just teeming with people, even Monday to Friday ahead of the Christmas tree. I mean, it is that way every year. But this year they did this holiday open street Sundays where they shut down Fifth Avenue between um, 48th and um, is it 53rd Street. It's like a four or five block area where it's shut down. And it's great because you don't have to worry about cars. But what people were saying, it was like almost impossible to get to the Christmas tree. People were turning near uh, Radio City to get to see the tree, said it was like waiting in line. You know, there was just so many people they couldn't get there. But then there was others who said um, walking down Fifth Avenue, though, that was pretty great. This is different. I love it. Now it's like... Wow, I get to take it all in. I can remember this. As long as we're in the street having fun celebrating the holidays, it's all about the spirit, and it's always fun to be here with the family. Yeah, so it was kind of cool. Yesterday, before it started to rain, they had 22 live performances on Fifth Avenue. 19 food vendors were there. Uh, the mayor was there as well. Really capture memories by enjoying uh, Fifth Avenue over 50 years. It has been almost 50 years since you were able to stroll up and down Fifth Avenue, enjoy the holiday uh, spirit. Now, unless you were in a car, you would probably have deemed this incredibly successful. If you were in a car, of course, it was a headache just to get around the area. But a lot of people were there uh, yesterday. Last Sunday, it rained, too. I think it was all three Sundays of this, if I'm not mistaken. It rained. But yesterday, it didn't get bad, right, till last night. So people were out. It's very, like, joyful and it's very colorful and it's a lot of Christmas spirit. Yeah, so that was the last Sunday. But, boy, uh, it is just uh, the, if people want to get near that tree. It's tough, especially on the weekends. Conspiracy theorist and Internet talk show host Alex Jones Offering up a new proposal for Sandy Hook families who sued him, Jones has faced multiple lawsuits for calling the 2012 elementary school shooting in Newtown a hoax. He filed for bankruptcy last year as the Sandy Hook families were awarded nearly one and a half billion dollars. So Jones latest plan would pay the families a minimum total of just fifty five million dollars over 10 years. That's what he's asking to do. But an attorney for the Sandy Hook family say Jones new proposal uh, falls woefully short of providing everything that the families are entitled to. And they say, no way, that's not going to happen. 544, let's go out to Belleville, New Jersey. A father killed in a drive-by shooting in front of his four-year-old son. The child was also shot. Thankfully, doctors expect him to survive. Eyewitnesses, uh, eyewitnesses say the shooter drove up the driveway at the apartment complex on Mill Street before gunning down the father. And his last words apparently were calling out for his kids and for his neighbors to protect his kids. The, the father is in, in the floor. Uh, my son, my sons, my son, be careful, my sons. La gente no tiene conciencia de lo que es. It's fast. You, uh, the, the car, room, pa, 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 y... Yeah, the father identified by as uh, Francis Medina and his kids were right outside the building when the gunman hopped out of his car, shot off 13 bullets. One of the children, the four year old injured in the shooting. That's sad because why would you do that to an innocent? Why would you subject a child to that? These are babies, you know. 
5.45, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you, Noam Leighton. Starting on the great hour of Week 15, NFL football action from yesterday in New Orleans. The Saints largely stifled and battered quarterback Tommy DeVito in a 24-6 victory over the uh, New York Giants. Saints defensive players were the ones making Italian-style hand gestures after season high seven sacks on DeVito, who finished 20 of 34 for 177 yards in the loss. The Giants, now 5-9, and nine, are guaranteed a losing record and will enter their final three games with only a very slight chance of sneaking into the postseason as the NFC wildcard team. In Miami, the Jets got dominated and shut out by the Dolphins. Final score, 30 to nothing. Miami needed to respond after their collapse last Monday against the Tennessee Titans, and they did just that, blowing out New York for the second time in just over three weeks. A week after Zach Wilson threw for over 300 yards against Houston, the Jets' third-year quarterback day was cut short. When he left in the second quarter with a concussion, the Jets now 5-9 and nine as well, had just 103 total yards of offense and were shut out for the first time since losing 26 to nothing at Denver in week three of the 2021 season. The loss combined with wins by Houston and Cleveland eliminated the Jets from playoff contention for the 13th straight season. Week 15 action rounds out tonight with the Philadelphia Eagles, who did clinch last night thanks to the Cowboys losing in Seattle to meet the Seahawks on Monday night football. Kickoff in Seattle is set for 8.15 p.m. and the Eagles head in as three-point favorites. Over to the ice in Newark, where the doubles got manhandled by the Anaheim Ducks, losing by a score of 5-1. to one. Michael McLeod scored the lone goal for New Jersey, who before the loss had won 1-2 uh, straight and 5-6. In the NBA, no local action from yesterday, but the Knicks and Nets both back at it tonight. The Knicks will be in L.A. for a 10.30 p.m. tip-off with the Lakers, and the Nets will get going a bit earlier at 9 p.m. against the Jazz in Utah. That's Sports Gnome, and I'm Justin Ollick on 77 WABC. And that storm is definitely the big story of the morning. I have to believe that that subway lines, the delays have to do with some flooding. Uh, we're getting a word of different flooding all across the tri-state. In fact, these uh, water rescues are now well underway in Newark uh, because of this powerful coastal storm that has blown through overnight. Watching on, someone just uh, thank you to this uh, listener, Stella. I think it's Stella, sent us a video. She's there. Um, stalled cars surrounded by water at Meeker and Elizabeth Avenue. And the FDNY, the, um, or I shouldn't say the FDNY, firefighters and local police are on the scene helping pull some of those people who drove into an area likely that they should not have be pulled out of their cars and brought to safety. Now, yesterday, uh, we were being warned that the storm would be bad. We were doing this. It's the same drill from last week. Remember that? Last from, uh, Sunday into Monday, we had those uh, warnings. It ended up not being so bad. This one, though, it uh, carried through on the promise of two to four inches. Uh, we've definitely were hit with a lot of rain overnight. No doubt you heard the banging of the windows, the rain hitting the house. Uh, NYC emergency management saying it was going to be bad and it seems like it has been. We're expecting two to three inches across the city, 25 to 35 sustained at their peaks and then gusts 50 to 60. The third hazard that we are tracking is some coastal flooding around high tides. The, uh, mostly in Jamaica Bay, so Rockaway, Hamilton Beach, Howard Beach, and Broad Channel. 
Yeah, and they're used to this kind of thing in those areas. And Howard Beach homeowners were putting out sandbags last night, putting their cars and driving them to higher ground because they've seen this flooding before and they think it's going to happen again. We don't mess around. We'll do anything we can to try and protect the house. Fear, worry, anxiousness. Just figuring out how we got to set up for the next storm and what time the high tides are coming and following Facebook and and the schedules and calling the neighbors. This worker who works the overnight shift uh, in Howard Beach uh, had his wife drive him. I couldn't drive to work. I had to get dropped off by my wife because this area floods terribly. And we already lost the car a few years ago. So I can tell you from my own experience coming in about uh, well 2.30 this morning, the streets in Hoboken were already starting to flood. And that's not a surprise because it floods there even when there's not a lot of rain. This area is really known to get flooded often. So even my basement floods. I'm from Hudson County. Yeah, it really picked up at about 9.30 last night. It stayed really heavy overnight. In fact, in Midtown, it is uh, heavy right now. Um, people trying to figure out how they're going to commute in, these folks in Newark. I've seen over the past couple of years sometimes where if there's a lot of water, especially under underpasses, like you'll see a lot of cars just stopped. If I ever see a car stopped with the hazards on, I slow down tremendously. Yeah, you know, and they put these barricades up a lot of times when there is flooding, but it's amazing. You'll watch, and you am sure you've seen this before. People will drive around those cones thinking they can get through, and that might be what's taking place in Newark where these rescues are taking place. Uh, out on Long Island, Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman uh, had all hands on deck uh, because uh, he heard it was going to be bad there, warning people uh, to be careful this morning when you walk out out to your cars because all kinds of things have been moved around. Use common sense. There may be power outages. If there are, make sure that you have a flashlight. If there are any down wires, stay away from them. Call 911. If power goes out and you still have your phone, call PSENG. As I made my ride in, and no doubt if you get into your car, you will see this trash cans all over the place. I had to stop one time, move it out of the way. Uh, didn't see any down power lines, but as you heard from Joe, there are a lot trees down from the soaking rain. This was all from this storm that developed in the Gulf of Mexico. It dropped 10 inches of rain in Charleston, South Carolina, so it was bad there. It has led to airport delays. There are delays. There have been cancellations at the big three area airports. As of last night, there had been 399 delays total um, at all three airports. A bunch of cancellations. Uh, people worried how they're going to get home. I have a friend flying in tonight on a red eye. And I'm telling her good luck to get back to our house in the morning. Yeah, so the wind gusts uh, could be the issue, too, today. They're continued uh, uh, expected to continue through the morning. Then this all clears out, so that's the good news. Uh, crews, utility crews remain at the ready. The utility companies say they're ready for the power outages, have these crews ready to go. Uh, a meteorologist with the National Weather Service checking in with us. So right now we have a high, we have high wind warnings for uh, parts of Long Island and Queens and Brooklyn. So whenever we we say high wind warning, we are talking about damaging winds that could blow down trees and power lines, which could cause um, you know significant or widespread power outages. So that is going to be an issue uh, for many. And even if you're not on parts of Long Island or uh, even Eastern Connecticut, you know areas of the, in the city, north of the city, or west of the city are still under a wind advisory. So we still are expecting some stronger winds 
Um, so power outage is certainly a concern. So there is some good news for drivers to ease the morning commute. New York City has suspended alternate side of the street parking this morning, so that's good. You don't have to race out to move your car. Uh, rain going to taper off uh, late this morning, and then we go back to what is more like December-like temperatures. Colder weather will come in, and uh, we could even see some snow showers into Tuesday. The other big story uh, breaking overnight, a car barreled into a parked SUV protecting President Biden's motorcade last night as the commander-in-chief was leaving his campaign headquarters in Delaware. Biden was walking from the campaign office to his armored SUV when a sedan with Delaware plates crashed into a Secret Service vehicle that was used to close off the intersection near the headquarters for the president's departure. Here's a little bit of what it sounded like last night. You'll hear a reporter yell out a question to the president, and then you'll hear the crash. Mr. President, why are you losing to Trump in the poll? So you can't really hear his answer, but then there is a crash of sorts. Yeah, there's the crash. And then, as you might guess, the Secret Service go to work protecting the president. People screaming for others to get out of the way. The sedan, which sustained bumper damage, then tried to drive into a closed-off intersection before Secret Service agents just swarmed this vehicle. As weapons pulled out, they forced this driver to surrender. Biden was taken into his car, where his wife was already sitting in the car, and they were quickly driven out of the area. So the good news here is the 81-year-old Democrat and his wife are safe. Uh, Secret Service uh, says this was a no... That's good news. It is. Okay. This, this was so. Well, you wanted the president to be shot by some lunatic? No, not shot. I don't want the president to die, but certainly maybe maimed, taken out of action, couldn't hurt. <laughs> are you nuts? That's the good news. Okay. Oh, my God. Well, I don't, I don't know. I Just, you know, whoever the president is, I don't want any harm coming to him. That's just maybe. Oh, that's absolutely not true. You don't want anybody to die. Absolutely not. Right. But harm's okay. But a couple of weeks in the hospital. <laughs> That's fine. He deserves it. So I should tell you to say this is they called this a no protective interest, which is their way of saying that the driver had no idea that the president was there and that it was just a wacky trash uh, crash. And they're yeah. investigating it. A right. uh, 77 year old woman, minor injuries, uh, state police officer also hurt in the accident. Uh, those yeah. injuries are minor. Oh, I thought Trump was driving the car. <laughs> it's How could they come to that conclusion? I don't know. You know, that would make it a great story. And that would be the hook of the story. And I probably would have started with that if it was true. I would think so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> WABC. Good news is Trump doesn't need that to win. He's going to win anyway. He's going to win big. All right. We'll, we'll see. We still got a year to go. So that's OK. All right. Every week it's getting worse for Biden. It's not getting worse for Trump. No doubt about that's true. The polls look terrible for Biden. Absolutely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.